for this? Bum, 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 bum. I'll take that as a yes. Okay, well, hey, welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies. And we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and sitting across from me here is a gentleman in the upper election, Daniel. Vote for me, and it's a vote for everything that you never cared about or never knew that you cared about. So this week, we're doing another throwback to 1999. Why? Because we got the book. And we are talking Election, starring Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. So sit back, relax, grab a cupcake, and vote for Flick. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Well, Daniel, before we get started here, let's talk about what we're drinking this week. Daniel brought something in. Daniel, what do you got for us this week? So this week is a special week because I have something from Gigantic, which is always special to me, but it's their newest in their Hellboy series. I think this is number five out of number six, and they come out every seven weeks, and it just so happened to fall on my week when this was released. So this week is the Hellboy Blood Queen uh, mm. Cranberry Yuzu Sour. Mm. Man, and I gotta say, I was... I, I like it because it's not too heavy on the sour. No, it's like not like, you know, like mm. cringe up your face sour, but it's pretty good. Yeah, no, that's uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I like the uh, cover art too. That's really cool looking. I know, I've gotten Dark every... Well, except for the Hellboy one, but I've been keeping all of my bottles. You've been collecting them? Oh, cool. Yeah. But, you know, and I still haven't eat, er, eaten, I haven't drank the second one that was like a spicy chili one. But, yeah, I don't know, it's pretty good. I like it. I have to give it a try. Okay, well, thanks for bringing that. Yeah, that's good. It's kind of different, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so we're going to skip movie news this week and kind of get right into, we'll get into some other things we've seen this week in our segment, Weekly Look Back, and then we'll get into our throwback episode. So... As far as like things you've seen this week, Daniel. Um, so I've got one I'm going to share, but it kind of goes with the one that you were assigned this week. So why don't you tell us? I know you had two, so why don't you tell us your first one? All right. So I text you. Well, actually, you called me when I was watching this. Um, but so ten years later, ten years this year, Inglorious Bastards came out, and I had never watched it. And that's saying that I bought the DVD like four or five years ago like it was a movie that i knew i i would probably like quentin tarantino usually a safe bet too but i never ended up watching it um so i finally sat down I'm like yeah i'm just gonna fucking watch this movie and oh my god how have i not how has it been 10 years since this movie came out and i'd never seen it because seriously i loved this movie so much. Yeah, I, I will say I'm pretty sure you'll appreciate it now at 25 than you would have at 15. But that's another thing. Yeah, like 15, I'll be like, I could probably be like, this is pretty cool. But I mean, like something that I appreciate now more than anything is I love Quentin Tarantino dialogue. I love it so much. It's always super well written. It always flows really interestingly. Like I, I was texting you while I was watching, but like the scene in the tavern with like the actress and they're all impersonating SS soldiers. I love that scene. I love the the back and forth with all the just all the characters in the tavern it's amazing but yeah i don't know what to say like i mean like this pretty popular movie i know i'm late to the game i know but seriously like i i watch this and i'm like this is a movie i'm probably gonna watch like a couple times a year 
at this point because it's I loved it so much. What did you think of the uh, Mike Myers cameo? I recognized him immediately, but I did pause the movie and look it up because I knew that would bug me if it wasn't Mike Myers. I just had to know. Yeah. But I, I recognized Michael Fassbender immediately, and I recognized Mike Myers immediately. What did you think uh, the very beginning scene, opening scene of the whole thing with uh, Christoph Waltz as the Jew hunter? Oh, my God. He, like, what a despicable yet so such a likable character all in one. I remember seeing this in theaters. So I was actually your age when I saw this in theaters. And I just remember the whole theater just squat. I mean, you could like every footstep of him walk. I mean, you could just feel the tension. Well, there's a reason why Quentin Tarantino uses him in a lot of his movies. Cause I mean, he like, he commands the screen, like his, how he delivers the dialogue, how it like switches from English to, you know, foreign language. I think uh, French in that opening scene. But, like, just how he, like, subtly talks to people and just, like, you know, like, it doesn't come off as sinister. It comes off as very pleasant. And then it's always the sinister switch that just turns. And he's like, all right, well, you're going to point out, like, where you're hiding the family. And just that opening scene was crazy. And I don't know. I loved his character. Every time he shows up, there's just, like, the tension rises because you know that he's a bad guy. But, oh, man, does the... The dialogue and what he does in this movie goes a long way, especially to like yeah. how the movie and like the final shot of the them like carving his uh, giving him his Nazi emblem on his forehead, and like that's the final shot is well the final shot is of up at Brad Pitt and I forget the other guy's name, the tiny one. <laughs> uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but yeah. But I was just and I'm just like I think this is my masterpiece, and then it just like cuts, and I'm like. That was awesome. I was like squirming. I loved it so much. So so cool. Yeah, I'm so overdue to watch this. It's it's been a couple years now since I've seen this. Probably about five years or so. So I'm definitely overdue. Hearing you talk about it and excited about it makes me just want to go watch it tonight. I I came out of my room where or I I came out of the room that I was watching the movie in, and somebody was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." They're like, "Cause you're making some weird noise." I'm like, "I was just so damn excited." <laughs> you're making some weird noises in there. What are you watching? I'm just like, I just saw like somebody just like. You watching American Hitler. Pie again? Oh man, it's so good. And now that I finally seen Glorious Bastards, I think this week I'm gonna try and watch Jackie Brown because that'll make it so I've seen every Quentin Tarantino movie after that. Awesome. Well, cool. So yeah, and Glorious Bastards. If you haven't seen it? Check it. Check out. Check it out. All right. Well, you are also assigned a movie. Uh, why don't you tell them what you were assigned this week? So I was assigned Moulin Rouge. I guess I like this. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. And honestly, I didn't know what to expect with this movie. I knew it was a musical with Ian McGregor in it. That's as far as it went. But I didn't know that there was going to be like pop songs uh, sung throughout the movie. I don't know if there are any original songs in Moulin Rouge. Maybe the intro song. Well, in the movie, there's an intro song where it's kind of like introducing like the setting. But yeah, I think there's at least a song or two written for it. But yeah, most of it's just popular songs, like just retrofitted songs for the things. And like even, yep. but watching it, which is um, kind of cool because it's supposed to be what back in the 1920s. It's like 1900s, like hundreds, or okay. I think it's like 1899 to 1900. Okay. Um. But, you know, like, it was really interesting. Uh, I didn't know that there wasn't going to be, like, original music. I didn't know there was going to be retrofitted music. I was super surprised when Nirvana came on. (laughs) 
which apparently my girlfriend, who's a huge Moulin Rouge fan, told me that the reason that happened was because Courtney Love was supposed to be cast as Satine. Um, and so she gave the crew the rights to that Nirvana song, and then they ended up not casting her, but they still have the rights. <laughs> so That's great. Kind of hilarious. That is great. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I really like the movie. Like the first 15, 20 minutes was rocky for me because it was like super fast, like super jumpy and like, you know, like there's sideways camera angles, which I don't usually love, you know, but it's kind of like, I guess it's effective to, well, I was just like anxious when that was happening. Cause I'm like, I hope this isn't the rest of the movie, but after the first 10, 15 minutes or so, like it kind of like calms down and then you get the story. So I'm like, okay. Cause I really liked it after that. And I'm sure like now that I know how it like kind of resolves, I'm sure like it won't bother me going forward if I ever watch it again. But I don't know. I really like this movie. Ian McGregor's really good, and I still love him. He's best part of the Star Wars prequels, and I've seen a few other things that he's in, and he's always just really good. He's got his Dr. Sleep coming up here. I know. I'm super excited for that, too. But I don't know. I, I really like Moulin Rouge. Like, I'm not huge on musicals, but I do enjoy certain musicals, and I thought this one was very enjoyable. Jordan saw so- something. Yeah, so to piggyback off what Daniel saw this week, Moulin Rouge. Um, so I was actually going to watch it myself this week. That's kind of a funny story. Is I started watching it about five, ten minutes in. I just was like, you know, I'm just not in the mood for this type of film tonight. So I ended up switching it off and watching the first Rambo instead to kind of gear up for Rambo Last Blood coming out here soon. Right. But, however, I ended up going out to New York this last Thursday. And on Saturday night... Watching it on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting that text, and my girlfriend and I were sitting next to each other. She just looks over me like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" She's like, "I want to be happy, but I'm so mad right now." I just like <laughs> uh, offhandedly, we were talking about it, and you're just, and he's just like, gets to go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, if you guys listened to last week's episode, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. And yeah, she's talking about how it's her favorite movie, but I and I didn't mention a thing. I, I mean, we talked about how it's on Broadway right now and hard to get tickets for. Little did anybody know that Jordan already had a ticket and was on his way. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I thought it'd be more fun to surprise you. But yeah, I sent them both photos of the set. I mean, let me tell you, the set was amazing. So it's supposed to be, you know, an early 1900s club. Mm-hmm. Amazing setup. They even had like round tables with the audience with a stage going in between them. That was still part of the audience. You know, you still bought a ticket to sit there, but it was made to look like, you know, that was part of the club. That's so awesome. part of the set, which was really cool. And the orchestra, I thought it was all pre recorded music because there was no orchestra in sight. I guess they were below the stage. Oh. It was, yeah, because Patty, our aunt, who, uh, you know, we were still out celebrating her birthday, mm-hmm. she and a couple of her friends got to go downstairs or just they got to go backstage and meet the cast oh that's awesome so i'm not sure how that happened but yeah it's kind of funny actually at the cocktail party before we all went to broadway two people got to go with her to go see or to go meet the cast and so we put people's names in a hat and did a drawing oh nice well that's the only fair way to do it but yeah that was it was so cool though the sets i mean you saw the windmill the windmill in that one photo Mm mm-hmm Oh, just in just the red, just the whole red um, tone of everything, so good. But just that was only just like the sets that never moved on, you know, kind of outside the stage. Right. The whole like on stage sets and everything was just amazing how they put it together. How they had the club. Um, what's her? What's the main gal's name? Satine. Satine. Her um, room, her wardrobe room right. was amazing. 
with like the background of Paris in it and stuff, but like actual like you know it's was it so in cool. an elephant? It's, I think it's supposed to be yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, so good. Just the singing, the dancing. So you, you saw what? When did that come out? Two thousand two, two thousand four. I think it was like two thousand one. Okay, maybe. but early two thousands. So since then, for this production, they've added more songs. They had Lady Gaga's "Bad Romance," awesome. They had Adele, a couple of Adele songs. They had. Did they play the Rolling Stones in your version? I maybe. Um, the most notable songs that I noticed were Like a Virgin from Madonna. They played that one. Uh, they had, I, I recognize a couple Beatles songs that they kind of like are using as dialogue between Satine and Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nirvana, obviously in the intro. Yeah. They only used the music of Smells Like Teen Spirit. They didn't use the, like the dialogue. I mean, knowing what I know now, I'm like, I bet you they were not able to get rights to that anymore. <laughs> She's like, you screwed me over once, never again. Exactly. But um, who was the other big one? Oh, Roxanne. Yeah, that was they. That was a big one in the that play. Was, I, that was probably one of my favorite like uses of a popular song in the movie. Um, Did I, they use Elton John's um, yes. Young Song? Yeah. Okay. They used that a bit, and that had a lot to do with like dialogue and the story and things going on. Uh, they also used... So that one of my favorites, they used um, Rolling Stone's Sympathy for the Devil and... You can't always get what you want, as and they kind of combine those two songs together. I don't think those were in the movie, yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think of any other uh, ones. That, I mean, there was I think a Pink song in there, a uh, Beyonce song in there. Okay. So yeah, they they brought some stuff that's come out in the last few years. My one of my favorites was by far Bad Romance, though, and just all the, I mean, this is Broadway, so singing, the dancing, the choreography, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, so, that sounds really cool. So much fun, and yeah, we were we were on the um, what do you call it? the not the balcony, right? And we were second row in, a little off center, but still awesome seats. And how what fun it was! I uh, it was so much fun. That sounds awesome. So yeah, so that was my Moulin Rouge experience. So I guess yeah, we both got to see the story from different perspectives. Yeah. Or not no, did I say that right? No, different perspectives. I mean like mine I, I was guess a movie. Yeah, and okay. Yeah. Was on stage, but on still stage, but the story is the same. So that was cool. What a cool week for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't we get into our movie of the week? So yes, this week we're doing another throwback to 1999, celebrating another 20th anniversary. We're talking Election, starring Matthew Broadwick and Reese Witherspoon. Directed by Alexander Payne, who was, you've probably seen his movies, some of you out there. He did Citizen Ruth, About Schmidt, Sideways, The Descendants, and Downsizing. Which I think I've only seen Sideways and The Descendants and Downsizing I still, yeah, haven't seen Citizen Roof or About Schmidt yet. Neither have I. You should check out Descendants. Probably out of all those that I just listed, Descendants is my favorite of his. Like, there, it's it's just a good movie. Okay. It's 
got George Clooney in it. Shannon Woodley is in it. I, like, she's when you good say the that. sentence, I can picture the album cover, or not the album cover, but I, I know what the the photo on the cover is. It's just like George Clooney kind of looking off, head tilted, hands together. Just, just look, looking back at the waves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, when you say it, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've just never seen the movie. So, yeah, Alexander Payne, he wrote the screenplay for it based off a book by Tom uh, Perota, Perota, I think that's how you say his last name. So, synopsis is, a high school teacher's personal life becomes complicated as he works with students during the school elections, particularly with the obsessive overachiever Tracy Flick, as she is determined to become student body president. As far as going into this goes... So I never saw this when it was initially came out. I was 15 at the time, sophomore in high school. Came out like April, May of that year. And yeah, I, I think if anything, I based off previews, I just thought, oh, it kind of looks like a chick high school flick. So I'm like not really interested. And yeah, they kind of sold it as that too in the previews because we watched the trailer beforehand and they do sell it as just yeah, a high school movie. it's highly like focused on Reese Witherspoon's character. So I don't know. I just, I never got around to seeing it. It sounds like a lot of people didn't get to see it originally because in its theatrical run, it had it made only about fifteen million dollars total, and that, from what I saw, it was in theaters for around fifteen weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of money, but yeah, I, I you know I knew Matthew Broderick. I probably recognized him in the previews, but I had never seen Reese Witherspoon ever. So, but yeah, I had pretty much just forgotten about the movie till I was reading the book here, and it popped up as one of the movies. I was like, oh yeah, no, I think I remember that. Okay. So that's kind of my going in. As far as general thoughts go, uh, I gotta say, I liked it a lot, actually. I liked the characters, I liked the story, and I don't know. It kind of caught me off guard with a little bit of the raunchiness. We'll talk about that later, but yeah, it didn't bother me at all. It just, yeah, it just caught me off guard. But I thought, uh, I loved Reese Witherspoon in this role. I thought she was awesome. I uh, had to kind of split into two nights. Um, I don't know if this is important or not, but yeah, I started watching it last night. Kind of fell asleep towards the middle, or at least I started dozing off. Not because it was boring, but I'd got an average of five hours of sleep a night in New York. So I was tired. You're right. That wasn't important. But <laughs> I don't know. Me going into it, like we had talked about what we were going to do if we were doing a throwback or something else, because nothing in theaters really was like, we were just like, we don't really want to see any of this. Yeah, we, we could be talking hustlers. But we both knew that essentially that movie was not aimed at either of us. So we're just like, let's let's do a throwback. Let's watch something that we've never seen before. Uh, so we did end up watching Election. And so I like, let you pick. How did you come about to pick an election? Um, I literally just like pulled up a list of movie anniversaries, went to 20 years, because that's kind of what we had talked about. Um, and I just saw that, and I looked up... Uh, where I wrote down a couple that caught my eye, just like looked up a quick synopsis of election. I'm like, oh, this sounds fun. Was not the movie I had expected to watch, though, even still. Because um, I was thinking more like Ferris Bueller type high school antics and that type of tone, which was not the tone that we got. Like, essentially, like, what, what did you say? Like a dramedy or like a lot of heavy drama, like adult themes Rap, but taking place in high school. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think of it as an adult movie that takes place in high school. To me, it doesn't fall under the category teen sex comedy, like American Pie would or Varsity Blues would that right. came out that year. And we'll talk about that a little bit too, because like, well, I guess I could throw this out there now. Um, so director Alexander Payne originally he couldn't imagine himself doing a high school movie because in his mind, Fast Times at Richmond High, which came out in 1982, was a masterpiece, and there just hadn't been a good one since. 
Um, but then MTV Pictures, eventually they convinced him that the story, in essence, was a dark adult comedy designed as a teen comedy. So, buying, buying the argument, he agreed to do it. Okay, which, I mean, obviously it definitely is. A lot darker than I expected, but... Um... Yeah, overall, I still really enjoyed watching it. I was a little bit thrown off. Like, the tone seemed a little bit inconsistent in places when they have, like, some raunchy comedy because it didn't really seem to fit the overall, like, darker tone. But, you know, it didn't really distract from the movie overall, I guess. And it still comes off as very dark, still very adult, somewhat dramedy, somewhat comedy. Yeah. But overall, I liked it. It's overall, overall just a dramedy. Right. So... But yeah, I mean, I've several things I liked about this movie. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the beginning a little bit. It's kind of funny. It starts off with the logos, and you just hear this like constant sound, and you're like, "What is that sound I'm hearing?" And then eventually, it cuts to to the sprinkler. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny for some reason. Just sprinkling, watering the high the high school football field. Right. But I, I do like the beginning though, how they kind of introduce us to Broadwick's character Jim McAllister and Reese Witherspoon's Tracy Flick. As they both show the beginning of their day, he's exercising before going to work, mm-hmm. and then they cut to her like setting up her table because you know you need she needs her signature to run for president. Yeah, so she's setting it all up, putting like all the all these gum and like a look like a fishbowl almost. Yeah, I think it was the fishbowl. She got her sign up that says Trishy Flick for president. Sign up for tomorrow today. Yeah. <laughs> And anyway, I loved her character right at the bat, though. I mean, I thought it just her enthusiasm and her just, you know, like, get her done attitude she kind of has. Yeah. Like, I'm in it to win it attitude. like that quite a bit. But yeah, just a good opening scene to kind of introduce both characters. I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, I like the intro. I like the intro for all the characters. And something that, like, you very quickly start catching up or catching on, like, in the first few minutes of the movie is... It actually, like, the the movie, like, after, like, the intro splinters off into you following, what, four different characters? Um, yeah, and what, one thing they do really well is they do a quick, like, flashback of each character to kind of introduce them. But, yeah, you have Jim McAllister and Tracy Flick are the main two. But then you have Paul and his sister Tammy Metzler. They're, um, you know, played by Chris, Chris Klein, Jessica Campbell. and. Right. You know, they end up both running for president as well. Um, but then, yeah, you got a couple of the side characters. You've got Jim's wife, and then you got his best friend Dave and his wife Linda. Right. So, but yeah, we kind of get, I do like that sequence too, where they're, I like the voiceovers too. All the different, and it's not just one person like narrating the story. It's all three characters, or at least, yeah. Maybe I think four, all four of three them. Three or, do. yeah, there's four characters. Yeah, you're right. There's four characters narrating the story. And they yeah they kind of do these like little mini flashbacks kind of bringing the audience up to speed, mm-hmm. showing you know the overachievingness of Tracy. You know they show her um, like on yearbook staff. They show her in school plays. Yearbook staff, Spanish News. club, yeah, news, uh, yearbook, yeah, yearbook. Oh man, just like she's doing everything, all the cr- extracurriculars she can get her hands on, essentially, to the point where she even comes to school on the weekends. Right. And I'm just like, there's no way in hell in high school you could ever have gotten me to go to a school on Saturday or Sunday. And, and you know, they kind of they show also her this. They take her this beginning. They show her affair with the teacher. I guess we should have said this up front. There's this is gonna be an all spoiler thing. 
20 year old movie so it's yes it's all spoilers yeah i would say if you haven't seen it pause go watch it then come back but yeah this is gonna be a just complete spoiler review yeah. I mean, it's 20 years old. We're going to talk about what we liked, things that we didn't like, but probably no particular order. So it could be middle, could be end, could be could be a lot. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. But yeah, so they show her having an affair with the teacher, and it's not Brad, Matthew Broderick's character. It's uh, the Dave character. Yeah, his, Matthew, like his friend. His, his like, best buddy. friend, teacher buddy, yeah. And, and that's something, yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. Yet. Matthew Broderick was a teacher in this. Right, yes, he is a teacher, not a student. So Ferris Bueller is grown up and become a teacher. So yeah, she's having an affair with the teacher, the Dave guy, and I actually I like how he got caught. Do you remember that? Yeah, with just like the car that's just like I love you, I want to run away with you, and like go to like a desert island and get married or something. Yeah, so basically, her, and her he gave it to her, and her mom found it, and because it, it cuts to the principal reading it, and then like camera like pans up, and it's like him sitting there, and he's like, dude, he's just crying his ass off. Tell me, he, he, like you didn't like do anything with this girl and he just starts bawling <laughs> right because he did sleep with her right mm-hmm. yeah and yeah because they, they do show them in like the film room making out but yeah i mean i'm on the impression yeah they full-on did it well, well I, I, think mean, Matt- I mean he, i mean he's got that one line like oh my god her pussy is so wet yeah that's how the movie starts is yeah. that line and i'm like wait what <laughs> and then i'm like wait this was yeah but then I, I gotta say, like, one that just, like, grosses me out, because I'm like, that's gross for so many things, but then it, I don't know, it just kind of caught me off guard, but I was also kind of surprised, I'm like, I guess it would make a really short movie, but I'm like, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, how the hell is Matthew Broderick's character, like, not also fired for not reporting this to the, the school board, or somebody? Well... Yeah, well, I'm trying to think because like I don't think charges were pressed because they they actually mentioned he moved back to Milwaukee to live with his parents, right? Never went to jail. His wife divorced him, but he never went to jail. Right. So I don't think charges were actually filed. But and the yeah, but, but why when he fired? Well, I don't I don't think they knew he knew, and maybe they just Dave was nice enough and didn't tell him, or if maybe if they asked Dave, he's like, oh no, he didn't know nothing. I didn't tell anybody anything. Maybe I don't like, know. Jim knew nothing, so, but. <laughs> I, I do like that uh, dialogue between them. Uh, I actually have it written down right here. It was pretty good. Is Dave's like, we are totally, totally in love. And Jim was like, in love? Yeah, it's pretty serious. She inspires me in ways Linda never has. She even wants to read my novel. But you, you haven't written a novel. That's the whole point. <laughs> I know, that was I'm like, when the, like that dialogue i'm just like oh man this guy's just like unhappy with his marriage and he's just 100 percent delusional i'm like you ever talked to a high school junior before they don't know what the fuck anything is right it, got, it goes in psychology though that you got to believe in the person you're with though because like he felt like my wife doesn't understand me she doesn't support my dreams this person over here does Right. So it kind of goes into the psychology of that a little bit. And that's that's what I liked about this movie quite a bit, though, is that it really feels like you're watching real people. And what's kind of cool, too, is as the audience, you know everything going on in everybody's life, every character's life, but they don't know what's going on in each other's lives. Yeah. So it's kind of cool as the audience to watch it all unfold. Yeah, I did like that. And something that I noticed, like, you know, you know probably about halfway through the movie is essentially, like, you know... you. Everybody in this movie is making mistakes left and right, except for Paul. Paul stays wholesome till the end of the movie. 
Like he never falters from his wholesome attitude, which I fucking loved. The only thing he breaks is his leg. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like I love. I thought I thought I wasn't gonna like Paul's character, but I was actually pleasantly surprised how endearing he stayed throughout the entire movie. That I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad they kept one character. Yeah, because from <laughs> Tracy's point of view, he's just like some rich douchebag per se, but he really isn't a douchebag. He's like super nice to everybody, and he yeah, like. <laughs> Because in her mind, he's like your typical jock, douche, rich fuck that just is spoiled. But, I mean, yeah, his parents bought him a truck for his 16th birthday, but he's still a genuine nice guy. He tries to be nice to his sister, and she just treats him like crap. Yeah, that's siblings But in do. the long run, he's, st- he's just, but still, he's overall, he's nice to her. Brings When she gets suspended, he brings her homework home to her. I mean, yeah. I thought that was a nice scene, too. And then, like, you know, he's trying to, like, if anything, he's trying to connect with her a little bit. And she's like, all right. Can you get the fuck out of my room now? And he's also just not trying to bug her either because he's sliding it under the door and she just sees it, so he opens it. Right. He's like, oh, I, I brought your homework because last time you got suspended. I, I, he actually has a really nice moment there because he's like, last time you got suspended, you just fell really far behind. I didn't want to see that happen again. So I brought your homework to you. And then she's like, thanks. Fuck off. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't, but like, it's also like super douchey, but at the same time, high schoolers are super douchey, and siblings are super douchey to each other. No, they're not. Uh, it's true, George. Name one douchey thing I ever did to you. Oh, man, I could name, well, I could name a lot. Give me a notebook, I could fill it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just so, I, I thought that was like fun, but realistic, where you're just like trying to do something nice, and your sibling's just like, fuck off. <laughs> right? Um, Get out of here. I, I do like, now her character was interesting. Tammy? But Tammy, his sister, yeah. I so, love her intro, like a little vignette, I her, guess. Yeah, her character intro was great, I thought. Her and her friend, uh, Lisa. Is it Lisa? Yeah, her and her, like, she thought she was her girlfriend, and then her friend Lisa's like, no, we were just experimenting, but I'm not. I'm well, not like Well, that. yeah, in Lisa's <laughs> mind, they're just, you know, heterosexual, platonic friends. But in Tammy's mind, she's fallen in love with her and thinks they're going to take it to the next level. Right. And but her friend just doesn't say, like, no, no, this is not what I want. Yeah, and I laughed so hard with Tammy's little character intro when she was just like, Lisa is my soulmate. She's my soulmate. Like, just going too hard, too fast, as high schoolers are absolutely known to do. Right. I just love that she's just like, my favorite part, she drops Lisa a note just in her little vignette. Just like, if anything would happen to you, I would jump inside a cement truck and have them pour me like over your casket and i'm just <laughs> like oh my I, that made me laugh so hard i'm like you're fucking crazy but also like high school like boy or girl crazy because i remember doing a lot over of cringy dramatic. things in high school too like being super dramatic being like oh this, this girl like i like this girl so much oh my god you know okay. so. <laughs> i've never actually talked to her i just like her so much it's just like high school awkward cringe that i thought was hilarious from her yeah, I just love that. I know. I, I probably had a lot of crushes in high school that were probably just probably shouldn't have. If I ever got to know the girl, I probably would have been like, oh, okay. You're just like, admiring from afar. Admiring from afar, enjoying the aesthetic, if you will. Yeah, so I just love that. The she, like, they used her character to, like, portray that awkward high school, too hard, too fast, like, fall in love with, like, everybody that she meets. Or, well, not everybody, but. Like, just falling hard for people that she's somewhat involved with, I guess. Um, she had a, good, a lot of good moments, too, I thought. Um, well, so, 
we'll talk about this, I guess, to get to get revenge on her friend because her fr- well, her friend is just basically her friend's like, how do I shake her off me? What do I do? I know, I'll get back at her. I don't know. If she, was she trying to get revenge per se? But she was like, well, I mean, she even Tammy even says that she's trying to hurt her, which I would say, yeah, because she's Tammy really liked Lisa, and then she's like, I'm not a lesbian. And then to like just distant, they stop talking. She distances herself completely and then just starts dating Tammy's brother, Paul, which I thought was hilarious and obviously very high school. Starts dating him. Yeah. You see her spying on them. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. She essentially stalks them. Yep. It starts helping him with the election. So yeah, uh, Jim, Jim uh, brings, he brings in uh, Paul. He's like, I guess he just. Well, at the time, Tracy was the only one running for, for office, so he's like, we got to shake this up a little bit. It can't just be her. And I think, in some ways, he's a little disgusted with her, per se, because it, you know everything that happened with his friend and his friend getting fired over her. Right. And I think he's just disgusted with her, like, overachieving, just her attitude of, like, yeah. Because, I mean, in some ways, I think she's... um. She's confident in herself, but she doesn't always know why either. But she also, like, she's confident, but she has a big ego. Huge ego. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's just it starts to weigh on him a little bit. Because maybe he's become, as we see with him and his wife's relationship, they just kind of, they've kind of settled in. Everything's starting to become routine. Because, I mean, his wife comes across as very boring to me. Like a very boring lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I mean, yeah, they're seen, like their first scene together, like they both just seem kind of disinterested. Yeah, and everything that's aren't they sitting on. across the table from each other? If I recall, yeah, they're just sitting across the table. Like, how's your day? Uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, we're better than ever. Then it shows the scene. She's like, how was your day? Oh, you know, it's work. How was your day? Oh, you know. And then they stop talking, and they yeah. just sit in awkward and, silence. I mean, making a baby seems to be the thing that brings them together again. Yeah, which is pretty fun. I thought that scene was hilarious. She's like, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. I know. I'm just like, wow, this is. I was laughing so hard. This might work for somebody. It's not working for me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, they watched their friends Dave and his wife Linda have a baby, so they're like, well, maybe we need to have a baby to kind of, you know, not just spice it up. But I think it's they. I think they figure, well, it's just time. Maybe we've been putting it off for a while. It's time. Let's have a kid. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. So, but I think just she's just so like so much energy to her and things like that things that he wants to be and i think that annoys him too i think so i mean like you get i got the impression when she's like running on a post like he ends up he's the one that convinces paul to run as well just because he's essentially like i don't want it just handed over to her because she's the only one but he's also like trying to also knock her down a peg (laughs) as well like just like hit her in her ego i guess Mm mm-hmm which, I mean, makes sense. Like, as a teacher, you're like, all right, well, you know, this technically could be constructive for a student to, like, you know, maybe lose once. Essentially, that's what he's trying to do. Is Well, and so, yeah, I think in some ways he does want to help her. It's like, she's going to enter the world thinking, she, and not that you shouldn't think highly of yourself, but, you know, if she, oh, how do I how want to word this? Like, she's never lost in her life, per se. It kind of feels that way. So she needs to, like, he wants to knock her down just a notch, not to, not to like destroy her, but just so that you know she can feel what it's like to you know lose once in a while. Yeah, and maybe bust some of her ego up just a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, he convinces Paul to like, hey, you know, you broke your leg, you can't play football anymore. Why don't you run for class president? And yeah, he talks him into it. I like that little speech with the apples. 
See, we got all these apples here. It's, you know, always the same. Maybe you get a rotten one once in a while. Well, we need to throw an orange in there once in a while. So you have the option, like, apples are great. Yeah, no doubt. But maybe you want an orange now. You know, I thought that was a decent analogy. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> What's your pair of fruit? Uh, pears. All right, so. Uh, no, actually, actually, apples. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. <laughs> I thought that was great. Like, I did love his relationship, and I just still love that, like, Paul just has puppy dog eyes. Like, he's just like, oh, man, like, yeah, I'm going to try and do this, but whatever happens, happens. You know, <laughs> it's just, I loved him so much. Um, yeah, I got to say, like, I guess some notable moments. Like, I think my favorite moment overall in this movie is probably the the assembly where they're all giving their speeches that was good yeah i almost want to cue that up real quick and play it but i do i did write down at least the ending of tammy's speech yeah tammy's speech is what makes that scene she's like the only promise i will make is if elected i will immediately dismantle the student government so that none of us have to sit through this assembly again <laughs> yeah, everyone's like yeah yeah I know, she starts her speech off Tammy, like, Tammy. this is so stupid. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, No one's actually going to do anything and make a difference in your life. Yeah, and then she's like, but I'm not planning to go to college. So vote for me or don't. It doesn't matter. And then everybody just blows up and with like claps. And I thought that was hilarious. I, I love Tracy's look too. Just like, what the crap? Because at first she's like, disgusted by the same time. She's like, wait, they like this? What? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, she got the biggest applause. Oh, what? So I liked her uh, poster in the hall. She's putting up two. Was, uh, who cares? Question mark. I do. Vote for Tracy. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> that was good. I also like uh, This kind of goes with her determination and kind of her at- winning attitude is when uh, that one guy is putting up her poster. And she's like, uh, you can't put the tape on the outside. It's got to go on the inside of the poster. Yeah, it's got to go on the back. Back of the poster. And like... And she's like, just tear it down. We're going to make a new one. Yeah, we're just going to start <laughs> over. It's like, oh, man. But that was just part of like the quirks and the, I, what I loved about her character, though. Well, that was funny that you say you liked her. Like, I felt like she was the only character that was through and through for me, like 100% unlikable. Which, I mean, like, I guess it's kind well, of... I'm like, not saying she was not annoying. I just I found know. her 100% unlikable because even when, like, I think it's voting day. I mean, which, spoiler, well, we already said we're spoiling no matter what but on voting day paul actually thinks it's weird to vote for himself so he votes for tracy and then he just like runs in he's like oh hey tracy uh good luck and she's like yeah yeah whatever whatever she's like no uh you know hopefully no hard feelings whoever wins wins she's like yeah yeah whatever like kind of get out of my face and i'm just like but he's so sweet (laughs) it just makes me feel bad for paul that he's so genuine and nice and she's just like her ego's just too big for her own good. Yeah. Uh, trying to think here. So, I guess talking about Matthew Brogg's character a little bit here again. So, he ends up falling for Linda. So, Dave, Dave and his wife, you know, get separated, divorced. Dave moves back to his hometown. Linda's left alone. And she starts uh, seeking out the attention from Jim. Having him come over and do, like, projects around the house. And eventually, those two end up making out together making out so yeah i guess i guess my thoughts for that is i don't like seeing people cheat on their spouses i kind of understand why he did or why he, at the time you thought it was a good idea because he was you could tell he was bored as hell with kind of life in general i think he enjoyed being a teacher but it was everything was becoming routine uh-huh. and yeah they just that every scene with him and his wife they just look like they're bored as hell yeah 
she just again well, both of them again seem like boring people yeah so he wanted a little bit of spice in his life because yeah they end up making out one morning and he's driving to work i actually love that scene of him driving to work yes that was definitely a standout scene is after well they hook up don't they I don't think they hooked up that morning, but they were going to go hook up later, or at least that was the plan. Okay. But yeah, like after that happens, he's like on top of the world and like has like a little vision of himself driving like an Italian sports car. Yeah. (laughs) Got the Italian music background, shades, the cigarette in his mouth. It's a hilarious cut too. (laughs) He's just like on top of the world. Because he says that line, he said, uh, where did I go? He goes, for the first time in years, I felt free and alive. I know. Like, they glorify it for about 0.2 seconds of him cheating on his wife before it drops him back down to earth, which I thought was kind of interesting, too, and I liked that. Well, because he, he, th- he still thought he was going to, like, sleep with her and everything, and I, I, th- I just think he's on this high, like, kind of the same thing with Dave and Tracy. He's like, I think I found somebody that understands me. Well, they, he's, like, they, on this excitement they high. Brought me alive. brought me alive again. He's on this high. And I actually, I love the scene where he gives his students a pop quiz and he's like, all right, I got ahead exactly 48 minutes ago to get set things up right. You see him like run, he gets in his car, leaves the school, goes to a Walgreens, grabs some things, goes to the, the hotel, sets everything up in the room, then goes back before the quiz is over. I thought that was hilarious too. I'm just like, is that why they give pop quizzes? Does it actually remind me of something else I had heard, like a story of just like a, a, t- a school teacher getting super drunk on a weekday and their friend's just like, hey, don't you, you know, have school tomorrow to teach? And she's just like, I'll just show a movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess that's why teachers do pop quizzes and show movies. Right. But uh, yeah, I love that scene. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other funny parts or just things that stood out. I kind of thought I liked him getting stung. St- I can't talk. I liked seeing him get stung by the bee. What I kind of thought about was cool about that is I think the bee sting and the way he, you know, the swelling and everything, I think that kind of symbolized how he felt on the inside. You know, he felt bad for cheating on his wife with Linda. Right. And just things weren't going his way. And, you know, the super excited, enthusiastic uh, Tracy. And he's just like, ugh. And yeah, so I thought the swelling of his eye was just a really good way to show how he was feeling also on the inside. Right. You know, and I, something I really liked about this movie that I thought was kind of fun is the just exposition. Like, we follow some adults and we follow some high school kids, and everybody's making mistakes left and right. Um, but the thing that I noticed is when the high school kids make mistakes, you know, there's no real consequences. Like, nothing too major happens to them. Um, you know, it's just like something like it's high school bullshit. That's all it is. And you just get over it. But when you're ma- like doing stupid stuff and making mistakes as an adult, you see like huge ramifications that can happen. You can completely dismantle your life with one, like a couple bad decisions. Yeah. And uh, am I making this up or did, did he give her a speech early in the movie about actions having consequences? He did. He did. Okay. He did. Crazy. Okay. I was trying to think if I was just making that up, but okay. So yeah, he did. And then that yeah. was when they were trying to figure out who ripped down all the posters for Paul. That's right. That's right. Which I love that scene. That was a great moment where she just just is like, ah, and just. And I love. I love. I don't know what you would call it, tribal music that would play whenever she would get angry. Oh, I know the. Yeah, but yeah, that scene of her just in the hall just tearing every poster down. It's like, God, I can't stand this. Yeah, uh, I just I thought that was just awesome. 
Uh, I'm trying to think here. I don't know any big, any other big likes in the movie. One of the big likes. This was a kind of a standout scene for me. Uh-huh. Was um all of them praying the night before the election. Yes, that thought, was that amazing. was awesome. And I love how like when we get. I mean, we mentioned it before. I'll just do like a quick mention about this. Is like when we get each of their like each of them get like little narration points throughout the movie. And I really like how they use those to really like show you like what each character is thinking, like their perspective on the same situation. So like this prayer scene is an excellent example of that. Well, I was gonna play it real quick here. My phone would load. Okay. Give me two seconds here. It's okay. We'll cut it out. Just go outside for a cigarette. Just service unreachable. What the fuck? Figure it out. Dear Lord Jesus, I do not often speak with you and ask for things, but now I really must insist that you help me win the election tomorrow, because I deserve it and Paul Metzler doesn't, as you well know. I realize that it was your divine hand that disqualified Tammy Metzler, and now I'm asking that you go that one last mile and make sure to put me in office where I belong, so that I may carry out your will on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Dear God, I know I don't believe in you, but since I'll be starting Catholic school soon, I thought I should at least practice. Let's see, <laughs> what do I want? I want Lisa to realize what a bitch she is and feel really bad and apologize for how she hurt me and know how much I still love her. In spite of everything, I still want Paul to win the election tomorrow, not that cunt Tracy. Oh, and I also want a really expensive pair of leather pants. And someday, I want to be really good friends with Madonna. Love, Tammy. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for all your blessings. You've given me so many things like good health, nice parents, a nice truck, and what I'm told is a large penis, and I'm very grateful. But I sure am worried about Tammy. In my heart, I still can't believe she tore down my posters, but sometimes she does get so weird and angry. Please help her be a happier person because she's so smart and sensitive, and I love her so much. Also, I'm nervous about the election tomorrow, and I guess I want to win it all, but I know that's totally up to you. You'll decide who the best person is, and I'll accept it. And forgive me for my sins, whatever they may be. Amen. Anyway, I love that so much. That might have been one of the standout moments for me, but yes. I think what I love about all three of those prayers is they're so realistic. They're so real, yeah. I, to how people pray. <laughs> I mean, I love Tam. Tracy's just like so into her ego that she's like, I know you removed her for me. So if you could just help me out a little bit more, great, because I deserve to win. Like it shows her ego. And then Tammy's is just like her selfishness, but like also like her kind of like young teenage angst where she's just like doesn't really know what she wants. Well, she's like, give me this, give me that. Yeah. And But then, like, somewhat genuine gratitude from uh, Paul. <laughs> but also, thank you for what I've been told is I <laughs> so hard. So fun. Yeah, I laughed really hard. <laughs> I just... I Thank you for my, you know, great parents, a nice truck, and what I've been told is a large penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I still just love that he's just like, thank you for all this stuff, and also whoever wins, whatever. I just... I loved Paul's character so much. He was good. So yeah, this this was Chris Klein's um, acting debut. I get. I guess a little little quick trivia thing for him is it was his debut film. He was a student at uh, Millard High School in Omaha, which Omaha is where Nebraska is where this was filmed. 
Right. And he was discovered by Alexander Payne while looking for a school to use for filming. And although they went on and you know they auditioned other actors, um, Klein had just they, he stayed in Alexander Payne's mind. And Payne eventually called him up like, "Hey, do you want the part?" Now I think we talked about this in American Pie episode a little bit, but yeah, he saw the script and was a little skeptical at first. He's like, "Well, this movie sounds great, but my grandma will probably see it." And there's a scene in there where I get a blowjob. And I guess Payne was like, you know what, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I forgot about that. But, yes, I, I thought he was good in the role. I, I really enjoyed him quite a bit. And, yeah, his, Paul, the Paul character is great. I, he was, I, I think he, he was my been, favorite I character. think he might have been my favorite as well. Yeah, I know. Paul and Tammy were my two favorites. Um, now, one thing, did you notice in that scene? I mean, you see their rooms from different throughout the movie. But one thing you notice in that scene, each one of them has a fake Tiffany lamp sitting by their bed. I did not know. Yeah, each that. one of them's got a fake form of a Tiffany lamp of some kind by their bed. Huh. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I did not notice that. But yeah, what a, what a good scene though. Again, it's cuz it just it seems so realistic to how people would pray like whether it be yeah, with an ego-driven selfishness or actual gratitude. Right. <laughs> it's so funny though. I yeah, that's a great scene. I love that. Um let me see. I don't know if there's any Let me double check my notes cuz I feel yeah, because is there, any, is there anything in the beginning or the middle? Because we'll talk about the end here in a little bit, but yeah, anything in the beginning or middle you want to touch on first? Uh, I, no, I've covered all of my middle and late thoughts, like or well, all of my early slash mid movie thoughts. The only I have is like the last, like essentially like one of the last scenes, like after the election and the f- the fraud happens. Mm-hmm. So. Um, before we move on then to. Act three, I'll say, here's a couple of funny visuals I thought were kind of funny. Uh, one was Jim Ping on Linda's front lawn in daylight. I thought that was hilarious. Which I also thought was, I'm like, it's like it's gar- it's garbage day. He's peeing in front of garbage men, essentially. Right. But it's still, he's like, somebody else's lawn in daylight, and he's just taking a whiz. He's just having the worst day of his life. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I don't know why this cracked me up, but... Um, when Jim is doing the vote count, you see the two original guys that did the vote count just chilling, reading the newspaper. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Mike. <laughs> that was just a funny visual to me. <laughs> just absolutely. And also, those kids, what fucking nerds. Like, those guys were just all about the rules, and I thought that was kind of hilarious. So I'm like, I don't know I don't know if I knew anybody who would go that far for, like, anything in high school. <laughs> right? Well, again, this goes back to Tracy's job to can't talk determination was they talk about the morning election her and her mother get up at the crack of dawn and they made 488 cupcakes baked and decorated 480 cupcakes for i don't actually know out. how that's even possible i don't know it's techni- i don't think it is possible i think you start at 2 a.m at the latest no i mean no i i don't i was thinking that i, I was trying know. to figure it out mike okay maybe if they already have the cupcakes made and they just decorated them all i don't know but i can't I, I was trying to think that I'm like, there's no fucking way. There's no way. But Pick flick. <laughs> and I, one thing I noticed throughout the movie is uh, Matthew Broderick's character, Jim, he starts off kind of eating healthy. He's exercising in the morning, kind of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Then throughout the movie, you see him, like he's eating the pie at the restaurant. When things are, and when things start going down in his life, you see him eating the pie at the restaurant. Then, yeah, you just him taking the cupcake and just shoving it in his mouth. Oh, sorry. I was like, while you're talking, I was doing some quick math 
of like how plausible the cupcake thing is. Cause I just wrote down like a, like a dozen cupcakes at a time, 400 cupcakes. And then, you know, like about a 14, 14 minute baking time, which I think is still pretty low. So how many hours is 7.7 that? 7 hours of just bake time, not considering cool time and decorating time. Hopefully you're doing <laughs> at least two dozen at a time to cut that in half. But yeah, I hope so. That, oh, that was just insane though. But yeah, so let's talk about this third act a little bit. So, I mean, we kind of started off with the cupcakes, right. but yeah, so you've got, she wins by a vote all because Paul voted for her instead of himself. Exactly. So she wins by our one vote. And that doesn't, well, they do the recount because, you know, the students count and then Jim does the recount and that doesn't sit with him well. He's just like, this girl's got to be knocked down just a little bit just to know how life really works. It was because that he saw her pre-celebrating outside the door. And then he's just like, he he even says like, I don't know what it was, but I just figured she's going to, who knows how far she could go, but this is the only time I'd be ever be able to actually like knock her down just a peg right and again i think it's coming back to being a reflection of himself of like i'm just not happy in life anymore she's just overly joyed all the time just superseding at everything and he's succeeding at essentially nothing right so he's just like you know what i'm gonna just knock her down a few yeah so he throws two votes out does the recan and be like oh it looks like uh paul actually won and then they yeah they do an assembly paul's the winner Cut to, he finally, he decides to, like, you know what? My wife and I might be on shitty terms or we're getting divorced, but I'm going to not let it knock me down. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, still be excited for life. He's essentially like, this is an opportunity for change. Yep. Starts washing his cars, going, going to school, being all happy. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, yeah, they want to see in the office. He's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And he walks in, he's like, did you want it? And like five people are in there. Awesome, awesome visual though, because I think it's the principal, vice principal, Tracy, her mother, the janitor that found the notes. Which, okay, that's my last note is the janitor, because we didn't mention this, but you see him in the beginning, because like the beginning of the movie when you're just following Matthew Broderick, he's, you know, exercising, he goes to, he takes a shower, he goes into the teacher's lounge, putting his lunch in the, the faculty, um, almost a lunchbox but like the faculty fridge mm-hmm. and it's overcrowded with rotten food so he ends up starting to throw stuff away and he carelessly like th- half-heartedly throws something like a chinese box and it lands on the ground and just gets things like just splatters everywhere and the custodian is like right behind him just like staring at him like are you kidding me like just like shaking his head like i can't believe this and then cut to the custodian staring at him like payback, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That look he gave him was just awesome. Because I totally forgot about that until it flashes back to that and how he's just still holding that grudge. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, Jim McAllister gets fired and has to start over. And I actually, I actually like that the, he decided to move. Like, they actually, so they flash forward a year and kind of show everybody we get caught up with all the characters. Paul was fine that he lost. You know, he still became prom queen or queen, prom king, and a bunch of other stuff. (laughs) So yeah, I I think it was homecoming king, prom king, and that was so funny. Were they in a? What were they in? Like a cement plant, having a Mexican party? Yeah, so I mean, like that was. I think that was like his dad's like business. Okay, I thought that was hilarious though. I mean, pretty cool place to have a high school party though. Yeah, yeah, some cool. (laughs) 
But yeah, uh, so let's talk about the end here. So Jim ends up moving to New York. He gets a job in a museum where he gets to take people around on the He's tours. A, like, tour guide, like educational. Educational tour guide, yeah. He meets a new girl out there. He, I love when they show his little apartment, too. It's like a little studio apartment, just crammed full. And then it, uh, subtitles come up, 1550 per month. And then it comes up in parentheses below. Doesn't include utilities. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That was so hilarious. I guess not too bad. <laughs> and just like, mm, And he lives in a basement. Yeah, it turns so, out to be a basement also. thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, yeah, setting up a new life out there. And so, you know, he's narrating. So you're probably wondering if I ever saw Tracy Flick again. Well, there was actually one more time when I saw her. And, yeah, he talks about how he went to Washington, D.C. for something. And then he had a day off to go tour. So he gets, he's just being a tourist, walking around Washington, D.C. And he has to look across the street. And there's Tracy and a governor and yeah they're having a little exchange and then they both get into a limo yes and i thought that was a great moment for the character i had their lines written down shall i say them yeah read them because it's hilarious so so you have jim going and i suddenly realized i wasn't angry at her anymore i just felt sorry for her i mean when i think about a new life and all the exciting things i'm doing and then i think about what her life must be like probably still Getting up at 5 a.m. to pursue her pathetic little dreams. It just makes me sad. I mean, where is she really trying to get to anyway? And what is she doing in that limo? And who the fuck does she think she is? And then he proceeds to throw a milkshake at the back of the limo. Perfect. End. That cracked. <laughs> I laughed the hardest at that. It's just like, like everything's passed. He's like, nope. Who the fuck? And just throws the like his cup at the... <laughs> At the limo, and it just dead stops, and he runs away. Yeah. Hey, asshole, what are you doing? Like, get back here. <laughs> oh, That's a great ending to the movie. Yeah, because so there was an alternate ending to this where Tracy goes to visit Jim, and he's working as a used car salesman in the same town, like he never moved out of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she goes to ask him to sign her yearbook. He opens it and realizes she has no signatures in it. So basically, it symbolizes that they're both alone at the end of the movie. You know, that's not a bad ending, but I still like the comical ending that they went with. Yeah, I like I like the one they stuck with better. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was definitely better. But, yeah, so... There's the milkshake. I just thought that was a perfect way to end it. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I just like to see the movie. Overall, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Wasn't what I expected, but, like, in a good way... Oh. Here's one more thing that they show at the end is uh, her going off to college. This was this cracked me up too. Is uh, oh, yeah. she she's narrating? She's you know she, she went to college thinking you know I'll be surrounded by people like me, you know people that are smart, mature, and ambitious. And then they you know there's a bunch of just people just being so super loud in like a dorm hall. She walks out with like curlers in her hair and's like, "Excuse me, will you please be quiet?" And goes back in and slams her door. And everybody just laughs at her. Just like, what an idiot! I thought that was great. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I guess uh, we can start closing up here. Overall thoughts: uh, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was great. Great movie, great cast of character. Well, great cast, great characters. Um, yeah, I just thought it was fun to watch. I don't know why it took me so long to see it. I, again, I guess I just forgotten about it, its existence, till I was reading I mean, the book. I had never heard of it. 
I'm glad we watched it though. Like this was really fun to watch. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and it was just, it was fun just watching all these characters. And I thought they did a good job with like the voiceovers, and again the audience knowing everybody's like personal crap of them not necessarily knowing it until it starts all unraveling at the end. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought Payne did a great job with this. Um, trying to think here. There's a couple couple trivia points here. So this was ranked number nine on Entertainment Weekly's 50 Best High School Movies as oh. of 2006. Okay. Um. <laughs> Thor Birch was originally cast as Tammy, Paul's sister. Yeah, okay. But she left three days into filming due to creative differences with Alexander Payne, the director. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious what that would have been over. But, yeah, so Thor huh. Birch was supposed to be Tammy. Which is interesting because she was still, I mean, like, she had a, br- Tammy had a pretty big part in the movie. Yeah, I, I'm wondering what those differences were over. Like, it's, it's weird because, I mean, I don't think she would have been disgusted with Tammy being a you know discussed with discussed with her bad girl behavior because i mean she went off to do american beauty where she gets pretty scandalous in that right so yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure let's see here this was shot in omaha nebraska where both Payne and chris klein are from oh here, here this was an interesting uh, thing too is reese witherspoon poses a transfer student to prepare for the role so oh, really? Nobody really knew Reese Witherspoon was at the time. So, yeah, she went to school as a transfer student just to yeah, kind of get used to, like, what... She was 21 when it was filmed, so just to kind of see what's changed maybe in the last few years since she was in high school to kind of get an idea for it. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of any, anything else that we didn't touch on that was good that you want to touch on. Uh, no, I we think... Covered, that... We covered quite a bit, and, yeah, we're running... Starting to run a little tad long here, so we should probably wrap this up here a little bit, but... I gotta say, overall, what a fun movie. I definitely give it a solid A. I would say, entertainment-wise, for the type of movie it is, this is probably 9 out of 10 for entertainment. Yeah, for sure. For the type of movie it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say? I see you looking at some notes there. Uh, I'm just double-checking. But yeah, no, I... Uh... I will say, all right, I mentioned this earlier. I will say this. I'm really glad this movie was about the class election and not necessarily her affair with Dave. Yeah. It could have been that kind of movie where it was about a student-teacher relationship. Also, it's just really weird that that was just an immediate side plot that was almost resolved like within the first few minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's I, I enjoy the unexpectedness of this movie. And I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer beforehand, too, because they gave some stuff away in the trailer. Like, they show him throwing the milkshake at the limo in the trailer, and I'm like, I would have been looking for that the whole time. Exactly. So I'm so, and that was a way better just as a surprise. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't show that. Oh, I did like, uh, towards the end when we were getting caught up with him a year later, and Tracy's narrating, and she has, uh, sometimes I wonder what's, what's up with Dave these days. And they cut to him, like, putting, like, price labels on stuff in a convenience store yeah that was funny that was funny um i don't know what do you grade this as if you were to do a grade on it yeah i would say um i would give it just solid i don't like like an a minus range like it's what it wasn't like my most favorite thing to watch but it was still very good and it was very unexpected on how things went and how things turned out um, so it's as a developing story, I really liked how it just branches off and did a lot of unex- unusual things that you don't really see as much in movies, especially now. So I, I overall, like I said, like, yeah, like a nine out of 10 for entertainment wise. And I'd say like an A minus range for like grade wise. I still really enjoy this movie. It's really good. Okay. 
All right. Well, that is our um, talk about election. So why don't we move on here and do some gambling? So yeah. last week we gambled on Hustlers. Daniel guessed 85%. I guessed 70%. And at the time of recording, it was sitting at, I believe, 96%. Maybe 94 Uh, Yeah, something like that. So Daniel's going to look it up. Daniel, what is Hustlers sitting at this week? Dude. As of time of recording. Hustlers is... Give me a sec. Hustlers. God damn. So it's sitting at about an 88... It Well, not about. It's sitting at an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so it went down a, a little bit. With an audience score of 67%. Okay. As well. So if we were... Well, my audience scores, I would have won, but we're not. So it looks like, Daniel, you won this week. Oh, my goodness. I know. Crazy. Ugh. What do I make Jordan watch? Loot do 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 I feel like I had something in my back pocket, and I should have written it down, because I do not remember. Um, you, can, you can send me Rainbow 2 because I plan on watching that this week. Yeah, I mean, I could. <laughs> I'm not going to, but I could. Well, while you figure that out, I got something. So I'm, I'm thinking since... Uh, I, it's kind of funny. I say the one thing I don't like about this game is I don't like seeing stuff in advance anymore of what we're about to see. Because mm-hmm. I don't like those, like... I, don't know, I just don't like it getting in my head. Right. Anyway, so... I was thinking there's three big movies coming out next week. Downtown Abbey, Ad Astra, and Rambo Last Blood. Since we're going to be seeing Ad Astra and Rambo, I decided, why don't we bet on Downton Abbey, the movie? Okay, that sounds fun. Oof. Let's see. Gosh dang it. I had one. I had it. And now I don't know. Well, in the meantime, let's uh, let's write down some bets here. Oh. Okay. Gosh, figure it out. You have your pen over there? Alright, yeah, there it is. Uh-huh. So, oh. Alright. Dang it, I don't have that with me. Well, Daniel's trying to figure out a movie to sign me. Why don't we bet on Downton Abbey? Downton. So, Downton Abbey, based off a TV show that's been hugely popular. I mean, the movie looks well-made. Based on the trailers I've seen in theaters. But is it as good? I don't know. Um, hmm. So I might, might have gone a little high with this. I don't think it's going to please everybody, but I think it's going to still be pretty solid. I said 85%. I put 87%. Ooh, close one. Because I'm like, I'm like, I feel like it's the fans of the show. are. Hopefully it's a fitting end to the show. I mean, I, I think that's what it's intended to do. I'm not 100% sure. I've know. never watched Downton Abbey. Question is, is it going to be Sex in the City 1 or 2? <laughs> that's the question. I don't even know what that even means. It means okay. it's either going to be really good or suck. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's see. At current, let's see. Downton Abbey... Downton Abbey, Rotten Tomatoes, 2019, with a total review count of 78 reviews. It is currently sitting at 81%. 
Okay. It's not as high as I thought it would be, but okay. still not bad. Could still go up. It's got potential. Yeah. All right. Well, this could still be a very close bet. I mean, this could land right in the middle for all we know. Which, if it does, I guess we both assign each other movies. Yeah, maybe. You would like that, wouldn't you? Yes. I know you would. All right. So. Okay, well, let's wrap it up here, Daniel. Uh, where can everybody find us? If they well, would... hey, hang on. I haven't, I haven't assigned uh, you anything uh, yet. Oh. oh. Okay, right. so I know, like, getting in with... Uh, like, I mean, it's we're setting into the fall months now. It's September. So we're getting, like, spooky, ooky stuff coming around. Um, Jordan, have you ever seen the Evil Dead movies? I've seen the original. Just the original, the, the first the Sam, absolute, Ra- okay. the Sam Raimi ones. Well, that's good. Because I was actually going to assign you Evil Dead 2, which is essentially, like, a remake of the first one, but adds more character traits in for Bruce Campbell's character. So I feel like if you'd never seen one, I was still going to assign you two. All right. Is it available on streaming services anywhere? Uh, Probably. I'm not sure, but I own it. So I will get it to you. Oh, all right. Perfect. I will probably get it to you like tomorrow. Perfect. All right. Cool. Well, all right. So I'll be watching some Evil Dead 2, it sounds like. Yeah. A good, fun B movie that I freaking love. And I'm gearing up to watch all of them. Oh, perfect. All right, well, Daniel, let's uh, let's wrap this up here. Where can everybody find us? You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews. Let us know what you thought of election. Love it, hate it, never fucking heard of it. Wouldn't blame you because neither did I until this past week. All righty. Well, so next week we'll be back here with a brand new movie, Ad Atra, starring Brad Pitt. I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Looks yeah. cool. All right, well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.